I don't know about you, but I have noticed ever since COVID took over the world back in 2020, there has been this emphasis on self-care, which I absolutely love. But what I do find is a lot of people have this vision of what self-care looks like, and it's not necessarily what it actually means. It's just how people are interpreting what self-care means. So today we're actually going to dig into six different types of self-care and hopefully help you evaluate so that you can really focus in on what areas need a little bit more attention and some examples and ideas of how you can start applying them right away. Let's dig in. Hey girl, hey, welcome to The Beautiful Shift, where we rediscover who you are outside of motherhood and create a balanced life full of purpose. I'm your host, Sarah, wife, mom, friend, and life coach. I know what it's like to wonder who you even are anymore and what happened to those dreams and desires before kids. Let's embark on this journey together to rediscovering you in this new season using tactical steps and small shifts that bring out that confident, sassy, and driven goal crusher that's ready to live on purpose and by design. Go grab that coffee, yank up your high-waisted leggings, and girl, let's do this. What's up, ladies? Okay, so today we were talking all about self-care, one of my favorite topics, just because it is something that's actually kind of simple, but you have to be intentional about it. And if you are not, especially if you're a parent, it is so easy to put self-care on the back burner. And unfortunately, lack of self-care is gonna open you up to more stress and anxiety. If you don't have stress or anxiety yet, it is something that's going to creep up and it's not gonna be pretty. So. Let's talk about the different types of self-care. So I'm going to list these out to you and then we're going to talk just briefly what they are or what they mean and then give you a few examples. So you can take these and kind of evaluate yourself and figure out, okay, what area needs a little bit more attention or what area am I giving no attention to? So I feel like this is definitely a great guide and let's develop a plan to find balance in all of these areas of self-care, right? So I'm all about balance. Everything to me is really, truly seeking out balance. So there's emotional self-care, there's practical self-care, there's physical self-care, mental self-care, social self-care, and spiritual self-care. All right, so let's talk about emotional self-care. So emotional self-care is, it's activities, it's gonna help you connect, it's gonna help you process, and it's gonna help you kind of sort out those emotions that you're dealing with or maybe the emotions you're not dealing with. So a great example of some emotional self-care, so that would be journaling. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, so if you are if you are creative, doing artwork or doodling or even seeing a therapist, that is great emotional self-care. Especially if you find that even after evaluating all these different areas, you still have lots of stress and lots of anxiety. It is probably a great idea to see a therapist. All right, so practical self-care. So these are tasks that you're gonna complete. They fulfill core aspects of your life in order to prevent future stressful situations. So practical things like creating a budget. Ew, okay, coming from somebody who loves to spend money, if I'm just being super honest with you, um, creating a budget is hard. And it was definitely something that I had to learn and I'm still learning, still tweaking and still working towards being better in that area. But I am working on that and intentionally putting my focus on things like creating a budget. 
Okay, so taking professional development classes or maybe reading a self-development book, organizing your closet. You know, like we talked about in the last episode, once again, purging, getting rid of the clutter. That is a very practical self-care example. All right, three, physical self-care. So these are gonna be those activities that you are, you know, engaging in to improve physically. And it's not always what people think it is. I think this one actually gets overcomplicated because the reality of what physical self-care is is not just pump an iron at the gym. Okay, yes, that absolutely can be a great physical self-care task. And I absolutely love going to the gym and lifting weight and working out and all the things. But even taking a walk, right? So my husband takes a walk. This is before when he used to go into the office for work. Now he mostly works from home, but he would take a walk on his lunch break because at work he's mostly sitting all day. So his body is not getting that movement for sometimes eight, nine hours at a time outside of getting up to like use the bathroom or grab lunch or whatever. So taking a walk, that's a great one. And then you have sleeping. Okay, are you getting enough sleep or are you sleeping too much? So I think this one is a huge attributor to people and their stress levels because a lot of times we're not getting enough sleep. Now, if you are a parent of an infant or toddler, I know this one can be challenging. There are lots of resources now out there to help you with your children. So really try to take advantage of those resources that we have out there, all right? Staying hydrated, that's another physical self-care. I'm literally sitting here with my big, huge, sparkly cup. It's about 32 ounces, I believe, and I literally love this cup because number one, it is obnoxiously glittery. So it's always kind of in my face. And so it kind of reminds me like, hey, I need to drink some water today because it's huge and obnoxious and sparkly. And I love it. Staying hydrated is super important. And a lot of people don't drink enough water throughout the day. Those are great examples of some physical self-care. All right, let's talk about mental self-care. This one has come up a lot in the past, oh goodness, like two years, like I said, since COVID. So it's an activity that's going to stimulate your mind or your intellect. So a great example would be reading a book, solving a puzzle. I'm actually going to be doing some Sudoku puzzles because I was like, I want to do something that's going to be mentally stimulating. That's not going to be on my phone. And I don't necessarily want to read something. I just want something that's going to be fun for my brain. So I decided to get a Sudoku puzzle. So I'm super excited to do that. Um, You can play chess. You can play a board game. You could go to a museum. You could do something that's going to keep all the wheels turning up there. Okay. All right. So then we got social self-care. Ooh, I really like this one. So these are going to be activities that nurture and deepens the relationships with people in your life. I'm an extrovert. That's just who I am. I love people. I love interacting with people. And let me tell you, I notice a big difference in myself when I don't make time to hang out with my girlfriends, to have social interactions with adults. I know that was a big struggle. I want to say pretty much the first two years of Roman's life is making sure that I was having interactions and conversations with adults. Don't get me wrong. My son is adorable and he was so much fun to talk to. And now we're at a stage where he's actually a lot of fun to talk to. But at some point, you are going to want to have conversations with adults. So make sure you're being intentional about that and make sure you're trying to make time to do things like hang out with your friends. Or even if it's 
calling your mom and spending some time with her on the phone. I talk to my parents probably at least twice a week, probably more than that. I want to say on a minimum twice a week. My dad is an extrovert talker like me, so it's very easy to talk to him for long periods of time about whatever. And then my mom is actually an introvert, but I've just gotten really good at asking lots of questions. In fact, most of my friends are introverts because I've been practicing asking lots of questions and being a good listener. So there's that. But she's also my mom. So of course she's going to talk to me and want to talk to me because I'm her daughter and I'm amazing and I'm her favorite. Ha! <laughs> just kidding, but I have to say it. Okay, so social self-care. And let's see. So then we got spiritual self-care. Okay, this one's probably the most important. And I have personally found that by really working on my spiritual self-care, it has really helped me in all areas of my life. So spiritual self-care is also so easy to get caught up in just a typical routine. I'll give you an example. So as a Christian, I believe in the community of church and going to a church and being plugged in. Okay, so that's great. And I can go to church once, twice a week, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's all I should be doing for my spiritual self-care. So when you're thinking of spiritual self-care, it's basically something that's going to nurture your spirit and it's going to allow you to think bigger than yourself. For me and what I believe, that's going to be your daily relationship with Jesus. Great example is going to be going to church, but remember that should not be the only one that you do. Um, being in nature and really dedicating time to just self-reflection, the person that you are, who you are striving to be. You know, I do Bible devotions typically in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. It just depends on the day and when I can get my quiet time in. Definitely prayer time. I have different pockets throughout my day where I have just conversations with Jesus and I look like a crazy person in my car. I drive to work most of the time with no radio on and in silence. And usually I try to take some of that time driving to work to talk to Jesus. So I literally look like that crazy person that's just talking to herself in her car. But they don't know because the windows are up. So I don't know. Maybe they think I'm having a conversation with somebody on the phone. So those are the six types of self-care so you're going to want to break these down and take a look at each one and see, okay, what area do I need to start focusing on right now? And what other areas are needing a little bit more attention or maybe I'm good in this one area of self-care. And you know what I find very interesting is I think, and no judgment here if this is what your thoughts have been around self-care, luxuries, but it's not necessarily going to look like going to the spa. It's just not. I know for me, I personally love to go get pedicures. And yeah, sure, that's self-care, but that's not necessarily going to improve my life. So hopefully that makes sense. There's a big difference between self-care and the luxuries that we do have. And I think that sometimes we get them a little mixed up and intertwined and we immediately jump to, okay, I need to have a spa day every week because that is my self-care routine. There are so many other things that we should be doing daily, weekly, that are gonna help improve our mental state of being and help us combat stress, anxiety, anxiousness, all those icky, icky things. So I hope this was a great perspective for you today on kind of breaking down what self-care is and recognize what might need a little bit more attention. 
I truly hope you got something out of today's episode. If you have a moment and enjoyed this show, I would be so grateful if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, get out there today, live on purpose, embrace those beautiful shifts in this life as you run towards your dreams and desires. And until next time, mama, bye.